Welcome to Journey to the Centre of Food, a voyage of discovery for curious foodies everywhere. My name's Jay Taylor, I'll be your pilot today, along with our foodie navigator, James Winter. Hello. And on today's show, we are going to be feeding both the angel and the demon on your shoulder as we explore both the top 10 healthiest foods on the planet and also the strangest and oldest of hangover cures, some dating back almost 2,000 years. So whether you are feeling saintly or sinful with your eating, jump aboard as we take a journey to the centre of healing foods. Hello James, welcome back. A very strange experience recording a pod without you last week, sir. I know, I know. I enjoyed listening though. I mean, it was a great listen. I enjoy- I'm glad you tuned in to our very noisy pub. Absolutely, I did. I really did. I thought it was wonderful. I was just very jealous I wasn't there, and uh, there wasn't enough beer drinking going on. You talked a lot about beer, but uh, didn't seem to drink too many. But that was there was that... plenty going on afterwards. Once we, oh, caught, we were trying to be professional, but it was funny. Um, when we were doing it, we started in that incredibly noisy corner, and we were completely surrounded by people. Um, and then within, well, by the time we finished, my back was to everyone in the room. Poor Mark, bless him, was facing everyone in the room. And um, it's quite intimidating. But by the time we finished the turn around, there was a huge space around us. Everyone was sort of respectfully just shuffled shuffled backwards. Or maybe mm. just we were talking such nonsense, they all backed off. Um, but it was still noisy. But it was really lovely. We're, I mean, you and I have discussed this a lot. But now we are planning to get out there and try and do a lot more recordings uh and now we can. World. Now we can go out and be close to people and get close to the subject. I think that's absolutely what we should do. I mean, it's lovely chatting over this Zoom platform, but it's much nicer to be face to face out in the real world, isn't it? And the food world is to be touched and enjoyed sensorially, not just talked about. Yes, and we'll be telling you all where we're going to be as well, so you can come along and um, say hello or throw things at us or whatever. In, a, in, a, in an orderly fashion. In an orderly <laughs> fashion. Please throw your throw your various vegetables at us in an well, orderly fashion. If anyone like, turns up at all, let's just worry yeah. about how orderly they are. <laughs> and, and we have both been travelling. I've been significantly shorter distance than you. You've been down under. How was I've it? I've been all the way around the world. I, 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 and I've, I've come back again. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. Found your baby. <laughs> I found my mojo. No, it was lovely. I mean, you know, I travelled to the other side of the earth and back. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a, had a really interesting time. Obviously, I've, I go to Australia from time to time, and um, it's a wonderful place. I don't get to to really indulge in exploring it too much. I fly over it at. 50,000 feet, whatever it is, and see the orange sands of the, of the middle of Australia mainland, generally in Melbourne or Sydney. So that's where I was this time. Um, and yeah, it was lovely. I mean, it was chilly. I've never, I think I've been, the, the earliest in the year I've been there was March, where it was lovely and warm. This was on the chilly side of spring. Um, but beautiful, yeah. And it's such a nice vibe out there. Melbourne's a, a wonderful, exciting, young, vibrant city. You know, it's, it's incredible, coffee bars it? and coffee bars and little eating joints and just people you know just chilling out lots of culture everywhere and trams i mean you know every, any city that has trams i'm a big fan of i love that but yeah no, it was lovely <laughs> i love it what a great rule <laughs> cities with trams are great oh they now, just what... added extra dimension to crossing the road i mean that's what i find well as a brit you're used to just meandering out into the road and hanging around a bit and then nipping across when there's a gap you can't do that with trams I find no. them terrifying when driving through Europe because you just don't know which way to go because they just no. come looming straight towards you. And you're like, what do I do? Do I reverse? I always get in mind of this one of these sort of cartoons where I'm sort of reversing at high speed down a railway track. They're just so fast. and I yeah, just big. assume they can't stop. Yeah, well, that's what I presume as well. They go veering onto poor French but, guys either side of me. It's, yeah. uh, but, you know, I agree. I mean, I was lucky enough to spend a chunk of time in Melbourne as well because we were filming down there when the fat duck moved. And mm. it's just, it, I mean, everyone says, oh, it's a foodie city, but it so is, isn't it? That market, mm. 
in uh, Western Melbourne is so cool and just mm. the food and everything. And it's not pretentious. Whereas over here, sometimes, you know, you find if there's a sort of market, it could be achingly cool and everyone just sort of really feeling very proud of themselves for being there. Whereas in Melbourne, it's just natural. It's just like, this is great food. This is the expected. Mm. It's not unusual. It's um, but yeah, you you mentioned before how you got to travel down there as well, which is awesome. Oh yeah, exciting. no, I, this was my first first class flight experience. I'll be honest it, with you, it was out of this world. It's incredible, <laughs> I, and it, and first class and, on Emirates and, as well. And let's be clear, this is not how I. This was just a, a lucky. This was a coming together of, of stars, of alignment. Sometimes when you book these flights, there's a moment you think, oh, go on in. And it, it wasn't as expensive as it should have been. There was a slight quirk in the matrix that allowed me to get in there. And um, I'll oh, take the was, upgrades when was, they come. I mean, we've been oh, enough it was economy amazing. time to take them. You know, and I've flown business t- class a couple of times, but first class, well, Emirates, yes. You know, but first class, any class was, oh, it was wonderful. So, yes, they were full. Was it? For the foodie, it was like a, well, vi- visually, it was like I sat in some kind of, how I imagine that sort of, I don't know why I always think of Christina Aguilera. I should be thinking of Lady Gaga, but some kind of little dressing room. It's full of little lights and a great big screen and there are trinkets and there are treats and there are little bowls of not just peanuts. And Chris, it's chocolate-covered dried strawberries and fresh dates and just stuff dotted all over the place. It was, it was love it. I mean, even before you've got a chance to, to really indulge in it, a little face appears at your booth and says, can I get you some champagne? It's like, yeah, of course you can. You know, and you could, you know... Do, it's just amazing. I mean, they bring you the menu and it's all the usual things. It was wonderful. Yeah. That was a real treat and it was a long journey. So it made it very painless. So I if anyone. That you think about Christina Aguilera when you're traveling first class. Though. I think about new... Christina Aguilera more often than I should, Jay. That's the reality of this. Any kind of chocolate covered strawberry and you're right back. Christina Aguilera as usual. It's, uh, you know, I've only, I have not been uh, in first class, but I did get to go business to Emirates because we were filming with the flights. So we were allowed to have that. And I did saunter down to first class where, uh, obviously our mutual friend was staying at the time and hung out in his uh, suite mm. uh, and then got kicked out because we were too noisy and they told me to go back <laughs> to where I, where I belonged. But it is it is ridiculous, isn't it? It is yeah. it is such a ludicrously luxurious experience and I would never pay for it with my own money. No. But when you're getting bumped up, luckily, or the, the, the flights themselves are paying for it, it's, it's just, it's just such an experience. Out. I had a shower on an aeroplane. Did you? Did you get the shower? I had a shower on an aeroplane, yeah. Wow, and what was that? I always worry about that, that I would just feel so out of place and so worried about some kind of awful turbulence and having to run back to my seat in my towel. Well, they do, they do what they, first of all, they go in and they check it's all clean and everything. They put towels out for you and they come in and they talk to you a little bit about how to be in the shower. And you think, yeah, I have, I have been in the shower before, so I understand the basics <laughs> of showering. But they give you, obviously, it's, it's a bit like a kind of camping shower in many ways. You push a button and the water runs for five minutes. And that, obviously, you think, well, that's not very long, but actually, it's plenty of time in an aeroplane. You're out. Because then they leave you with the thought of, if we do encounter any turbulence, just sit on the floor. That was so it. what they said? Yeah. Is that what they said, really? Yeah, sit on the floor. I said, I'm going to be found naked, cowering. Well, <laughs> <laughs> also, if you don't turn the water off, they're not specific about that. You could drown at the same time. Well, it's got a five-minute It's got a five-minute timer. But obviously, the water comes on straight away, and it's piping hot, and it's wonderful. Actually, there was no turbulence for the five minutes I was in my shower, and, and, and it wasn't weird at all. I just sauntered around the, the shower room. Yeah. Just want to tell everyone you know right now. You want to be able to call them up. Although it is a bit like a Columbo episode. They find you drowned in a plane. That's it. It's yeah. like, what? How did that happen? How did happen? it happen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, wow. enough overindulged. No, look, yeah. So this is completely uh, alienating. My, my, trip was, my trip was to Scotland and mine was not quite as glamorous. Although it was very nice. It was a cottage in the Highlands, which was fantastic. Ooh. But it wasn't. But it was. Um, How far yes, up was, did you go then? 
So, so Southern Cairngorms, uh, around the, uh, Blair Athol and places like that, which is my first experience. I've been to Scotland many times to to the cities, you know, the Aberdeens mm. and Dundee's and Edinburgh's and uh, Glasgow's of this world. But I've never re- I've never really been into the Cairngorms or around those areas, and I was mm. absolutely stunned. I mean, I was so, prepared, I was prepared for it to be spectacular, and even then. So is that it on the west ludicrous. coast or the east coast? East just... coast. So it's about oh. an hour, hour in from Dundee. You drive, mm. and, it, and every corner you go around, it gets more and more and more. And we drove. We walked up a um, a mountain in in the in the ski resort. And I always thought this idea mm. of a Scottish ski resort was ludicrous. Was there thought, snow oh, though? No, no, no. Well, there was actually right at the top of the mountains. There was a little mm. bit of snow, but it was more a case we weren't expecting there to be proper lifts we thought it was just going to be you know a series of sort of mm. you know drag lifts but there was proper ski lifts everywhere and it was but it was just achingly cold even at you know mm. quite a nice time of the year um and i was i was ferreting around trying as many different sort of foods and things i had i had deep fried haggis balls which All right. were nice i bet yeah they're no. really nice actually they're lovely yeah, i love haggis i like haggis it was a bit yeah. unusual having it fried like that i i um mine was quite a pie themed thing i had um Steaky bakes, which yeah. are lovely, yeah. just like yeah. flattened Cornish pasties. Add a tatty pie, which in hindsight I should have it's figured out. Potatoes, potato, yeah, potato, I know. Right? And I asked in the shop, and they said, oh, "It's a tatty pie." I said, "What's that?" And they Did had to ask the lady. Did it have spices in or anything? <clears throat> it was. Me. It had um, a lot of pepper and salt in it. Is what it, it was. It Fair was enough. too much um, compared to the steaky bake, which was spent. Yeah. And I also had a scotch pie. Yeah, I was going to say, you must have had a Scotch pie or a Scotch bridey or something they, they call them sometimes in Dundee anyway. Which I found just the most be- amazing, amazing food court as well. We went, in this, went through this uh, town in Blair called Blair Athol and then we bumped into this incredible sort of, you know those retail villages you sometimes go to? Mm. It was like that, but incredibly high-end. It was more tweed and sort of shotgun oh, casings yeah. than you could ever imagine. And then they had a food court, which was, ins- it would have put Selfridges to shame. It was ridiculous. And we mm. were just going, and, and we could have spent thousands in there. It was all swanky cheeses and coffees and cakes. And I just came back on my own body weight of, sort of all sorts of things. I mean, this incredible ginger cake with like big lumps of crystallized ginger in it. It was, mm. it was what a place. I Did was... you have some good whiskies up there? Because I've just looked where you are. You're very close to places like Abertheldi and Kenmore and, and Abertheldi is what we had we had some bottles of that. I'm not a huge mm. whiskey fan myself. I know I've been sort of coached in it by you guys on how to drink it properly, but it does not uh, agree with me. But I, I had a bottle of that, which mm. was as far as you have a single malt as well. So I, it's one of those things where I don't feel like I do it justice, but it was it was a bit special. Although I did, it was at a wedding and I did see one of the um the guys next to me all kilted up, just swig the entire bottle in one thing. Wow. It wasn't a, it wasn't a full size bottle here; it's a little bottle. But I still, yeah. oh my God, out of mm. my depth here. But uh, but no, it was lovely, and it was amazing. Mm. And I'm going to go back there again in the summer for filming for a block. Oh, so, lovely! Um, just check your midge. Uh, you need to get you need to get on midge counter. Oh, mid-watch. don't. That's been our waking nightmare. We've been looking at that because we are filming up there and we've become so acutely aware of the midge hotspots around Scotland. It's yeah, become... Fort William. Fort William. Yeah, because we went to Scotland. Anyway, we're just switching on now. But last year, we, we were quite south, so we were in a, in a one zone. But as soon as you get up to Fort William and, and around Glencoe and that stuff on the West Coast, it was midge four out of five. Yeah, we're looking on that midge forecast all the time now because it's yeah. If it's a one, we're good. If just not, don't Google be... midge attack. Just don't Google it. You don't want to see what a midge attack looks like on a YouTube video. It's yes, you're right. Right, we're going to drag <laughs> this back onto course now. But yes, midges, <laughs> midges wake me up in the middle of the night worrying about that. I'm sure our Scottish listeners are just rolling their eyes at us, but uh, it is bad in places. But mm. um, but yeah, so that was our that was our adventures away. Now today on the show, we're going to go delving into a couple of things. In a minute, I am going to challenge you to try and see if you can guess some of the top 10 healthiest foods 
but there is a twist to this which i haven't explained to you yet but it's going to be quite interesting and quite sciencey so we'll get to that in a minute because that's curious but the other thing i've been looking into and absolutely unrelated to the fact i was in scotland last week drinking lots of whiskey um hangover cures yeah okay. i was just rum- rummaging around and as you know there's a sort of uh, always new schools of thought on this and there is there was an article i was reading which basically says they have debunked the fact that you can eat your way to cure a hangover they've basically gone into the science of it and they said look there is there is there is no way that food can help a, a hangover they've said that you know people think about bananas replacing potassium but they said there's absolutely no way uh, you're going to have a deficiency in potassium after one night's drinking they've said the full english doesn't help unless you have it before you drink um i've said that's all nonsense basically because i know full well that eating can help a hangover so mm. i started thinking okay so what kind of hangovers cures are there and they've recently found um some uh text from ancient uh egypt from 1900 years ago 1900 years ago which was basically (laughs) they wrote down and on um papyrus their their hangover cure uh for a for a a junk drunken headache Mm. so this this said the uh, the alcohol victim would have to string together leaves from a shrub called alexandrian uh, um, and wear them around their neck, which is which is slightly disappointing because it doesn't feel like it's going to uh, do a. I great guess you deal. you have to have this prepared, right? You're not going to be in a fit state to go <laughs> needling leaves, are you? Especially, I don't, what were what were they drinking as well? I mean, it's not going to be a few lagers, is it? It's going to be what would it be? I don't well, know. There, I mean, there there is there is. We've been mixing, um, as Marcus told us, but um, you know, mixing beverages since at least ten thousand years mm. BC. We know about it. Um, apparently, but we've only we- learned to control the alcohol level in about the last three hundred years. <laughs> haven't we? I'm not sure we control it, having been out on the uh, streets of Dundee over the last weekend. Um, but there, yeah. So I've been. Some of the interesting ones. Cabbage seems to be a returned feature. Oh, to uh, eat. Yeah, well, that's been around for a long time. Greeks, Egyptians, Mm. obviously quite a few modern places I've been, uh, they advocate for cabbages in all its forms. Raw, sauerkrauty as a hangover remedy. I tried it once. We were filming in Latvia. It all went awfully wrong the night before. I turned up in a market and they gave me a a cup of cabbage juice. And it was, I mean, could not imagine anything worse to have with a hangover. It was truly horrific and Mm. did not help at all. Um, Pliny the Elder... We might, we might invite him to our dream dinner party. He re- he recommended eating raw owl's eggs or fried canary. Uh, again, probably something you need to have prepared <laughs> in advance. So, I, mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's pure life of Brian, isn't it? Plenty playing to <laughs> playing playing to stereotype. Otter's noses, raw nipple chips. First, catch your canary, then fry it. Owl's uh, eggs. <laughs> Owls' eggs. Middle Even ages. in ancient Rome, owls were not just flitting around, were they? They were nighttime <laughs> birds. They haven't changed their biology that much. <laughs> I love this idea of trying to grab someone's canary from their granny's cage as well and smack it in a frying pan. <laughs> what are you doing? Got a hangover, all right? <laughs> no, yeah, it's not all right. <laughs> Middle Ages was gulping down raw eels and bitter almonds. Oh, there's, a, there's an element of torturous nature to this, isn't it, to hangover cures? It, it feels like it has to be painful 
Yes. It's I mean, not strawberries and chocolate, is it? It's not a bowl of vanilla ice cream or, or you know, I mean, obviously bacon sandwiches is always what we've kind of sort of gravitated to, which is obviously not painful. But there is a, the true hangover cure seems like it has to have like a raw egg with Tabasco and blitz spinach and a handful of whatever, you know, just something deeply unpleasant. To it's a good point, isn't it? Maybe there's some sort of level where we feel like we have to go with something very raw and unpleasant to kind of offset our our sin or something. They also had um, Middle Ages uh, roll mops, pickled oh, yeah. herring, rolled in savoury filling. That All goes right. back to the that Middle Ages. nice, to be honest. I mean, that would be a nice breakfast up in Scotland. A few oats on it. Just, yeah, well, it keeps, seems to keep coming back to fish again. Canned mm. and fermented herring. Ooh, no, we don't want that. We've which we that. know about. Yes, yes don't that's we? That's not good. That is not good. Although maybe our problem when we had it before was we didn't have it while <laughs> But it was, ranc- was rancid and rotten. I think that's what our problem was, Jake. God, I'm getting PTSD just thinking about that thing. <laughs> I'd sort of forgotten about it. I'm obviously sitting in the same chair and I'm remembering it. I can almost <laughs> taste it. It was... No, no, no. If, if any of our listeners do want to return to that <laughs> awful moment, that is still on the podcast there when we we tried that. What was it called? That terrible Scandinavian oh, thing skirt, one of our listeners uh, yeah, said. Fermented skirt fish and flirting or something. Yeah, yeah, which was, I mean, just... Oh, and by the state was, of the tins, I think he'd had it in his family for several generations. It was... It was uh, yeah, it was not... It was not. It was given with love, <laughs> but I think it wasn't appreciated like that. Uh, apparently, there's um, something called rabbit dung tea. Uh, which is by uh, putting bunny poo in hot water. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I get suppose that. the first. Uh, look, don't uh, please don't ask how you discover these things. But someone once, when I was younger, showed me a. See, rabbits have a two-stage digestive system. Okay, so if you have a rabbit, you probably know this. But if you lift his little front paws up for a bit, he just constantly just poos on the floor. Because what rabbits do is they poo, they eat it, and then they digest it again, right? Because they just eat grass. They don't have four stomachs like a cow, so they have to keep eating the same poo. So maybe if you're taking that rabbity poo before it's been through about three or four times, it's not as digested as you perhaps think it is, if you think. I had no idea about any of these things, and I'm very impressed with the I could have just made that up. I could have just made that up, but I'm sure someone showed me once how if you lift a rabbit up by its front paws, just poo falls out of it. Wow. <laughs> And then you tried to eat it. Well, no, because the rabbit <laughs> oh, is good. instinctively trying to eat it. So we have rabbits constantly eating its own poo. That's what rabbits do. They eat grass, then they poo it out, and then eat it again. Well, and apparently eventually... it's slightly... Man- it is, well, it makes sense because it says because it is um, a little bit of manure it's got nitrogen, potassium, minerals, etc. in it. So maybe there's some logic in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also kind of, you know, it's not an unusual... I mean, you do get those coffee beans, which are civet cats have digested and pooed oh, out. Oh, yeah. Have and you ever tried those? Um, oh, have I? Imagine it Possibly. very underwhelming, well, it? was very unmemorable, if I have. I seem to remember, I can half see an incident where we did try it, and it's, you know, it's coffee, bitter coffee. It's not It's not going to taste like a fine Colombian, you know, roasted, you know, coffee or... Or a you know geisha coffee from wherever from from the east. You know it doesn't have the complexity of some of the coffees that we have today. But it was bitter and it was hot. <laughs> it's just yeah, I, I, yeah. And probably it. hopefully it had caffeine in. I mean otherwise why would you drink it? I mean to be fair, I mean coffee's got to have a function. You know for me, I mean it's got to. In do Korea something. they have a thing called hangover soup, which is basically like beef and vegetable stew but with congealed mm. blood in it. Oh. So again, there's a little bit of that kind of whoa, why? <laughs> well, it's, bit like, in well, it. it's like yeah, it's like a lovely beef and, and, and vegetable stew. <laughs> and yeah, with with well, it's not just any blood; it's your own blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the only really, way. Oh, really okay. learn from your mistakes. 
I think it's um yeah I, I in fact one of my most memorable hangovers was actually in Melbourne and I went to that market there and it was just the best hangover queue was pottering around a beautiful summer's day in mm. Melbourne and just eating whatever took my fancy and, and that that was lovely and I think so, all I've learned over life is there any there's there's two things only that really cure my hangover and that's water and that's sleep but you don't have time for one of them and the other one isn't really very exciting so you're better off going off eating an owl's egg <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. As I've said before, mine is a can of ginger beer and a bacon sandwich with tomato sauce and, yeah. and two paracetamol, and that works a treat. And I'm sticking by it. And I think part of it's the brain. And I'm I, I might add a fried canary to that just so just in case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure the pet shops of uh, of West well, London are too Surely Just Eat can do that now. The advert they make out they can get you anything. <laughs> get on the app. Of course. Oh, do you have any fried canaries? It would yeah, be no good, problem. actually, if they had a hangover cure thing where you could call up Deliveroo and it arrived with your hangover cure. And it brought you a whole list of this. What would you like, then? Do you want <laughs> fried canaries or the blood soup? Or maybe the rabbit poo? I think that would be great. So, so that's hangover cures. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the fence, where we want to be, you know, we, we've, we've talked about the sort of sinful stuff in our bloodstream. I, my curiosity was piqued about the healthiest of foods. And I started thinking, okay, well, what... What is the healthiest food you can get mm. out there? And mm. obviously, when you start looking around, there is always there seems to be a repeat sort of top list of things, which includes salmon, kale, mm. uh, seaweed, garlic, uh, shellfish, and potatoes, and liver, and things like that. And the reason they're in there is because they've all got very, very high in nutrients and and vitamins and all the good stuff we need. And then I came across a really interesting study about the most nutritious foods but foods that aren't too nutritious right so let me explain to you Mm. and there was an awful lot of sort of sciencey writing around this so i hope i've got it right because there was a great deal of sort of theses and theses and 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 and, and appendixes which i couldn't really absorb that well but i tried to get the, the gist of it basically they did a study on a thousand different raw foods and they said look we know some foods are really high in vitamins and minerals but what foods are best if you want to get all the nutrients you need but not exceed your daily recommended amounts? Because too much of a good thing can be bad for you. So what you don't want to do is just constantly eat spinach because that is going to give you too much of a certain type of nutrient. So if you wanted to try and get the perfect balance of nutrients, what would be the best foods? So by eating it, you're giving yourself all you need of a specific type of nutrient, not too much, not too little. So the kind of bullet, the perfect bullets of wow. of healthy food. And they put okay. together this massive matrix of information about this, cross-related all these things, and then came up with a list of top 100 of these that they are saying, and these are the the most nutritious foods that you can have on the planet without having too much nutrition. So I know it sounds like a slightly complicated question, but yeah. I thought it might be fun if you could try and get any of the ones that are in the top 10, because half of them I've never even heard of, and the other half of them are slightly surprising. So if you okay. give me an example of something you think will be just nails on great nutritional food, I'll tell you where it comes on the top 100 okay. list, and we see if you can get any out of the top 10. Eggs. Eggs. Okay, so... I'm basing that on the idea that that has all the things needed to grow an entire chicken, right? From nothing. 
Everything so, in there should be able to build another living. So it should be good. It should be packed full of something, right? So eggs are there, but they're fish row. And they're at number 38. Okay? So they contain very high levels of vitamin B12 and omega-3 fatty acids, which I believe are good for you. No, uh, brain, and they are sturgeon row. So this is... This, so, but basically, it's caviar then. Caviar is number 38 on the list. Oh, so caviar is different from a, from a fish row, right? Okay. Yeah, well, no, this is, well, this is, yeah, this is fish row, so mm. it's researched the sturgeon row, but I think they're saying most of work, but we'll go with caviar is number yeah. 38, but other eggs aren't, because I think they're very high in certain things you don't want. So again, it's mm. not, you need to get that that blend right, so try again, that's not so a bad start. It? Yeah, okay, um, well, hmm, let's say, I mean, I mean, how do I break down, I mean... I want to say things like spinach, right? But you've kind okay. of already, already well, that's, maybe that's, just, yeah. Spinach is often the, on most lists you look at, that's number one. Mm. On all, all the list of healthiest foods, that's number one. Whereas um, on this list, it's only made at number 45. Feels a bit like <laughs> pop charts, isn't it? Apparently it contains more minerals and vitamins uh, mm. than many other salads, especially vitamin A and things like that. It appears twice in this list at 45 and 24 because the, the way it's prepared affects its nutritional Chamber value. Oh, right. So okay. fresh fresh spinach loses nutritional value if stored at room temperature, uh, whereas spinach that's been frozen is ranked higher, which is quite interesting, isn't it? So frozen spinach contains, well, is at 24 on this list, whereas fresh spinach is at 45. So it's quite high, okay. Yeah, um, so you, so, yeah, 24 is pretty high, but that's still not anywhere near the top all right. 10. So some kind of bean, I don't know which one it would be. Some kind of pulse or bean, I don't know. Okay, it okay. be a kidney bean, but some, there'll be a bean of some sort. All right, sort. so you've got green beans at 73, but there's more than that. We've got lima beans at 57. Yeah. Then we've also got uh, navy beans. Never even heard of no, those. No, me neither. They're at 52. Um, Baked beans? The fibre in navy beans has been correlated with a reduction of colon cancer. There you go. Um, so yeah, but those are that's those that's as high as that's as high as beans go. Really, the navy bean is the one punching away at around the fifties. So, so let's go for let's 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 try this one. Obviously, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Okay, so we're told that apples are are fundamentally the one thing we need to keep ourselves out of the GP surgery and the hospital bed. I thought the same thing. They're not even on the list. Didn't even make it into top one hundred, which I thought was quite, which I thought was quite surprising actually. Mm. Uh, carrots okay. made it to eighty-eight. Uh, they had yeah. a nutritional score of fifty, uh, yeah. which is quite good. So, shall I give you a clue of one of the ones that's in the top ten? Go on, yeah, go on. Um, I'll give you the one that's at, at, at number ten, which you have heard of. Snapper, snapper fish. Um, oh, red, yeah. red, red snapper. I know. Is there other snappers? Are there? Well, it says that it's the family of snapperfish. Mm. Uh, it's nutritious, but can carry dangerous toxins, which is curious why it's on this list. Um, but then you've got uh, at number nine, we have uh, the leaves of beetroot vegetables. Oh, yeah. Greens. They're quite to- I thought they were a little bit toxic, too. I mean, they Well, are- this is interesting. Some of these things are slightly unexpected. It's high in calcium, iron, vitamin K, and B group vitamins. So I imagine the reason it's there is because it gives you exactly what you need of those. And nothing else, so you're not yeah. you're not crossing over. So because the idea of this is you can put these different things together and get exactly ah. what you need of your vitamins, but you're not going to OD by getting too many of one and too many of the other. Gotcha. So smash, yeah. So um, and then at number eight, surprisingly, pork fat. Who'd well, have it, well, I mean, there was that whole thing about bone broth and all these things, isn't there? That kind of healing nature of of those 
I can't remember what's in it, but there was that whole idea about these broths of with fatty. You know, you think of the the noodle base, you think of the East, you think of Japan, and you think of noodle bars. Essentially, having noodles cooked in a very fatty, beefy, porky, whatever bone broth. You know, and so it makes sense actually. Yeah, yeah, I don't... yeah. It's got loads of vitamins and minerals in it. Uh, mm. It's more unsaturated and healthier than the lamb and beef fat as well. Mm, I uh, imagine, yeah, lamb fat you? would be. Well, lamb fat wouldn't be nice at all. You, I mean, I, I do, I don't mind it on me. Put on me lamb chop a little bit if it's crispy, but it's pretty unpleasant to eat lamb fat. Yeah, I suppose you're right. And actually, pork fat is, but I suppose you know well, nutritionally, I thought, I th- yeah, but I thought nutritionally, pork fat would have been much higher in um, in in fat, but hmm. apparently not. And number seven. Well, I guess I guess you know it depends on the, the pork. If you think about Iberico pork, the whole beauty of those both black-footed pig legs that hang in the windows of all the luxurious sort of Spanish restaurants is that that fat is liquid at room temperature. And so it has the ability, some of them have the ability, I don't know, obviously science needs to come in and tell, tell the truth here. I'm, I'm, I'm repeating things I've heard. Um, but certain sort of, some of those fats are absorbed. When you absorb, when you eat them, they actually absorb other fats in your bloodstream, whatever, and take them out with them because they're just, they're just, you know, they're quite good really? at that. You know, yeah. I mean, because they, they are so liquid. They're not like a big blob of cold, hard fat. You know, it's like a healing all... fat almost. That's incredible. Mm. I didn't know that about that. I suppose if it's liquid as well, it naturally liquefies. It won't be as dense, really. It's easier have... to digest. It doesn't sit in your stomach like a big ball of fat. <laughs> you know, I guess it's it's kind of. It can. It's more accessible, maybe as well. Maybe it, you can access the, the good stuff in there in a way that's a little bit less harmful than other things that will just sit in your digestive tract. You know, I had no your, idea. Then, about you, that. then you'd need your lima beans or whatever it was. Well, I'll keep going down the list. Actually, seven is Swiss chard. Oh yeah, which is a which is a rare dietary sort of source of betalanes and photo uh, phytochemicals. Mm-hmm. Which is supposed to be antitoxins and, yeah. and uh, the health Anti- properties of. I never even heard of those things, but apparently you need those. Uh, mm. Six is pumpkin seeds. Oh, okay. uh, that can be any squash seeds and things, but um, it's one of the richest plant-based sources of iron and manganese. It's interesting. All these things I didn't realize we manganese manganese should be having. I didn't even and and chia chia seeds comes in at number five. I was going to uh, go I hadn't, well when you were going to ask me some more. The other ones I know because I have occasionally been in a health food store. I have chia seeds in my cupboard. They're a oh, great source go. of protein. Oh, that and, was right in at number five. So yeah, you've done, yeah, you've done well there. I think it's I've thinking got, along those lines because we're thinking we're thinking more foods that we know are healthy, but we know they're healthy. So what they about a variety? The of other one then I remember being a being a hot thing, right? Being a hot thing that everyone had to get was goji berries. Now, how do I spell it? G O J I. Are they? In, oh, they're clearly not in there then. <laughs> and what colour chia seeds? White or black? Hang about. I'm jumping around now. Oh. Uh, no, no goji berry. Or oh, let me try berries. I'm searching through the whole. I'm just checking. I spelt it right. Yeah, goji yeah. berries. No, we got gold. We got green kiwi fruit and golden kiwi fruit and grapefruits Ooh. coming in the '60s. We've got mackerel around the '60s as well. Um, no Africa goji berry. Tomatoes in the sixties. G O J I. No G O. Okay, maybe then. Maybe that was all a big bit of marketing puff. Well, no, it could be really good, but it might contain too much of too sure. much of what you need, or not Sugar, enough maybe. of what you need. Yeah, I mean that's the thing as well because these sweet. things have got to be palatable, haven't they? Um, mm. We're breaking into our. We'll start running down the top 
Well, that was number five. Yeah. Before we go through the top four, got any more? Any other guesses? Any other things you could think? I mean, it's, it's difficult. This this is really difficult. That's why I sort of quite liked yeah. it. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, give you some, go on. Give well, us uh, well, unless it's some kind of unless it's nuts, but I don't, I don't think nuts oh, have any. Oh. No, well, you, no, very warm. You're boiling hot there. Well, I mean, uh, I'm going to go. I mean, I, w- I would think almonds or, or what, but maybe... It's oh, like, ding, 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 ding. And our winner has come in with number one on the wow. list. Wow, almonds, really? Look at that. You've won the speedboat. Um, almonds are number one. They're rich in monounsaturated fatty acids. Yeah. They also promote cardiovascular help and help with diabetes. And they come in the nutritional score of 97. So they are really, really good hmm. at what they do. And there are other nuts on the list. You've got uh, water chestnuts and things like that mm-hmm. um, and walnuts. They do well there in the 40s. Um, but yeah, almonds, that's number one. That's Because uh, I that's thought, so this is, so I thought the fats and the good stuff that's contained inside that nut, the time it's in your body, you cannot access because you can't get to it. So you can only get the goodness out of almonds if you blitz them. You have almond butter. That's why we have almond butters because the fat in that in that almond cannot be accessed in just by chewing it and eating it. That's what I've always believed. Oh, See, that's interesting it. as well because this study is, in t- is is based very specifically on raw foods, and one of their big points is this can change hugely depending upon the preparation of these things and the use of these things. So that's a curious one because you're right; it, they don't make any. I mean, some of these might drop right off the chart when they're prepared, and other mm. other ones might come onto it when they're prepared. But I think they've tried to keep it purely raw. But that's really interesting. So it, it's through you too quickly for you to break it down. Well, that's properly. what I thought because I, I thought I, I might have imagined it, but I'm sure one there's a one of these food science type programs they do on on the BBC from time to time where the reporter tested this through that you you if you eat almonds all the time you get you put on weight. You know they're fatty, they're full of fat. So you know people always think they're you know really good for you, but essentially they're full of these fats which will put on weight. So she ate a volume of almonds for like a week, you know, and, and weighed herself at the beginning and the end, assuming that she would put on this at least a large percentage of the amount of almonds that she'd consumed. And, and obviously she did not put on a single ounce, <laughs> right? And then obviously then asked the question, why has that happened? And that's where they revealed this fact that she wasn't actually digesting the almond enough to get to the oil, so wasn't absorbing it into her body and it was literally just passing through it. Um, and so that's why to get to that fat, if you put, say with peanuts, if you've got one of those super speed, a slow blender, but some kind of food processor, you'd be amazed. If you just get a big bag of peanuts or almonds and put them in the food processor, you make your peanut butter. You think peanut butter will have something else going on, but it's not. It's literally just peanuts in a blender. You know, really? it turns I've into, it actually. I mean, you obviously, uh, you can add sugar. You need to, well, you'll eat it and go, that doesn't taste like Skippy or other brands, which are equally accessible, you know, because they add about 14 kilos of sugar to it. Um, but that's how they make these natural almond and peanut butters. They literally blend it. I mean, it, huh. it just happens. So you can I thought make they'd be peanut- adding loads of stuff to it. I thought there'd be butters in there and fats and all sorts of Well, you can do. That's optional, but you don't need to. You can make a nut butter just by blitzing the nut because there's so much oil inside them. You'd be, I mean, that's the thing. It's amazing how much oil comes out of these these nuts certainly almonds and peanuts have done um, i mean cashew nuts are another good one but it's slightly more expensive obviously that's why you know people tend to go for the other nuts but you know it's it's they really are you, aren't they they're white gold as the almonds when you go they say oh i love an almond uh, uh, sorry a cashew nut but when you see it like, oh, that's a lot more expensive than mm, peanut. and pistachios but they all have this 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 fat in the center which is why birds have known it all along right <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they just, love their peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, and and nuts and seeds—they're full of protein, you know, and fat. You know, it's it's amazing. So I'm I'm glad I got number one right. Yeah, I you smashed it. I don't think you'll 
You probably won't get four, three, and four, two. So I'll tell you what they are. Unless blueberries are there. No, they are. They are from the sea. Uh, oh. Well, two, two, and two, and uh, sorry, four and three are. So number four is flatfish. It's for sole and flounder species, like I said. Uh, good source of vitamin B1. Mm, right. And ocean perch, uh, sometimes called rockfish, is very high oh, in protein. Oh, yeah, right. well, you have that, don't you have, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's okay. You get that at the chip shop sometimes, don't you? Tell you what they did in Scotland. They were, they were offering lobster and chips in the fish and oh, chip shop. Oh, bloody hell, excuse me. Yeah, 28 quid, like though. Podcast. 28 quid a go. I was like, no, you're right. Plus, I'm allergic to it. But um, but my, my son wanted to try it, and I was like, no, you're not having that for 28 what was quid. It? Was, it, or was it just lobster nuggets of lobster, or was it like a whole lobster? I mean, Good point, actually. They had, they had, the, um, they had the, the tank full yeah. of them in there, so I, I don't know how they'd do it. You'd hope it they'd was... take the flesh out for you. You wouldn't have to just, first of all, get through the batter and then have a shell, maybe. I don't know. They must take the flesh out. It must cook it. I'd I hope, because otherwise you're going to be having one of those tiny little wooden forks and trying Absolutely. to fight trying your to get way through, through the shell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen, especially one of those oh, polystyrene things you got in. Yeah, too much work that. But um, mm. and number two is, uh, and I don't know sure how to pronounce this, cherry moya. It's a it's a fruit. is uh, is fleshy and sweet with a white pulp, and it's very rich in sugar, vitamins A, C, B one, B two, and potassium. Um, but I've never I've oh, never I'm heard just of googling that. it. I've never never done up. Yeah, cherry c h e r i m o y o. Yeah, it's uh, oh, never wow, heard of it. That. Yeah, I remember mean, look amazing. Gosh, really cool. It's like sort of uh, if an apple was uh, a lizard. <laughs> it's like a so, scaly apple, isn't it? Just like our Scottish and Australian listeners were rubbing their head, but our Peruvian and Ecuadorian listeners will be just shaking their heads now. I know clearly they these are. ignoramuses that is talking about. It's like probably <laughs> someone in the podcast go, "Wow, an apple! I've never seen one before." But. Uh, uh, also known as a custard apple. Ah, oh, there you go. No, I have had a custard apple then. I have had custard apple, if that's what they are, yeah. That's what they know. Do, we, do you know what they're like? I mean, what was it like? Do you remember? Well, they, 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 yes, because they're called custard apple because it's, the middle part is is quite soft, like a custard. Uh, it's got these big seeds in. Now I'm looking at it, I can remember. And it's a funny one. I mean, it's it's a bit like... Um, it wasn't as flavourful as you, you, you hope, and it has a slightly um, strong odour, shall we say, Um uh, but, um, a shame. It, was, it looks but it wasn't unpleasant it wasn't like um what's the really the unpleasant one the durian um and yeah the, and also for me utterly pointless dragon fruit i mean just leave them on the trees to populate yeah. the species they taste of nothing but they look absolutely beautiful you know you try them and literally flavorless it might it's be, a shame you know. isn't it because they look so exciting dragon fruit when you get it this is going to be amazing it's not it's mm. they look but spectacular I think, yeah, but I think custard apples are a little... I remember doing a recipe with them now. Now that's custard. Now if that's what the custard apple is. I remember, yeah, if that, did someone... Who was it? Um, Manju Marley, her name was, I think, on a show I made many years ago, did a recipe of custard apples. Um, really? I can't, remember what she did. I can't remember what she did with them, but that's when I tried them. I thought, okay, interesting. Difficult to deal with as because they're so sloppy. They're like custard. <laughs> yeah, know? but I'd be quite curious, wouldn't I? I wonder if... Well, I'd love to try one now. I don't want mm, to I think you can. in London. Well, if you go to we 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 sent her, I think we sent her to the uh, street uh, food markets of Wembley Way. Oh, great! That's not far away. I was going to say Brixton probably have it over that way, but I'll yeah, yeah I'll head up that way and see what I can find. Mm. Rummage around there. Go have that on the next podcast. Well, there we are. So that's the that's the nutritious one. Slightly confusing, but um, but I think quite interesting as well because some of the things I wouldn't have thought of in there being good. And as I said, this is not the the most nutritious. It's the most nutritious in the right way. So you can mm. put those together and have a sort of uh, a meal with you know. Well, I guess to your point, you can just stick it all in your bullet. 
for one of your, you know, if you've got one of those, you put your little bl- super blender in, stick all these bits in in different, and just blitz it all up and drink it. That's oh, look, you if you have a breakfast of almonds, custard apples, ocean perch, flatfish and chia seeds and pumpkin <laughs> seeds with a bit of Swiss chard <laughs> on the side, you're, you're going to be feeling good that day. But add some, po- know. <laughs> some pork fat and a bit of beet greens in there and maybe a bit of snapper. And that is, uh, yeah, maybe that is maybe that is our future business, Jane. So we I, must start I, making well, the ultimate fish, health fish, fish smoothies. With pork fat. <laughs> for flavour, for flavour. Yes, this is so good, guys. What do you do? Can't tell you. Just can't, can't tell I mean. you. And you know what? That's brought us right back to hangover cures as well, isn't it? It's always well, the, it'd be the perfect thing. We could it do, would be actually put a fry canary it? on top, and away we are. <laughs> uh, but for this week, James, I'm afraid that's all we have time for. But thank you for that little and well done for getting well. Thank one. you. I'm very well, that was a guess. That. Well, I, look, I guess I said so many things. It was it's a bit of a scattergun approach. It's blank, interesting. Really interesting. Book and pen, winging uh, its way you. to you now. <laughs> it's very <laughs> impressive. Uh, so yes, let's go and try some hangover cures and some health foods. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We do love having you along on the journey with us. Uh, do send in your hangover cures because I know uh, our listeners who are heavily alcohol dependent uh, will all have some interesting ones. So send them into. Uh, journey to the center of food at gmail.com so we can uh, share those with the rest of uh, our listeners out there uh, but for this week james thank you ever so much i will speak to you next week thank you bye-bye